0: almost weekend to you. We are back with another Friday Five episode here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm Sarah Rupel, and if you're joining us for the first time, a very special welcome to you. This is our weekly list of five things that happened this week that you should know about. And coming in hot at number one, CMS unveiled its Marketplace 2023 Open Enrollment Period Report National Snapshot Number 3. We covered the second national snapshot a few weeks ago, and the numbers have only continued to grow. We have had a little over a month go by between snapshots and total marketplace enrollment increased almost 191% during that time. The number of cumulative 2023 OEP plan selections across all marketplaces came in at 15,878,982. Returning consumers made up the bulk of those enrollments With 12,779,595. So a little over 80% of enrollments were consumers returning to the marketplace for their coverage. And then new consumers selecting a plan through the marketplace for the first time, 3,099,387. So just shy of 20% of enrollments are new consumers this year. That report came in on January 11th, so those numbers could still go up with the last four days of enrollment not yet accounted for. We'll be linking to the CMS report so you can check out the details and see how the numbers look in your state. Number two, also on January 11th, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra renewed the COVID-19 public health emergency for another 90 days. He has repeatedly stated that the HHS would give ample time, 60 days notice prior to the emergency coming to an end. And just a reminder, Medicaid redeterminations have been unwound from the PHE legislation, so those will begin happening on April 1st, regardless of this renewal. But there are a few things renewing the PHE will keep in place for now, and we'll get to those in a second. Some reports are suggesting that the public health emergency will be renewed one more time, meaning it will run out this summer. That was part of the decision to unwind Medicaid determination from that time frame, because in doing so, the preparation time period for those determinations went from 60 days to a little over 90. Now, I've been starting to see reports that suggest an earlier time frame, that the January 11th renewal might be the last one with the PHE ending in April. No word officially so far, so we will keep an eye on that and we will keep reporting if that is the case and we can take Secretary Becerra at his word. That means that we should be hearing about 30 days out from that date whether or not the PHE will be renewed. So one of the things currently covered by the PHE that will not be covered when it expires, COVID-19 testing, treatments, and vaccines. Coverage, cost, and payment is the government's responsibility right now until the PHE ends. You might have seen some talk about what Moderna and Pfizer would be charging for their COVID-19 vaccines and boosters, and that is why. Also, just as a side note, if you have not yet ordered your additional free COVID test kits, you can definitely still do that. I was curious, so I tried to order an additional four kits as I was researching and writing this episode, and I was successful. I was able to put in an order for those. Now, the other thing I want to mention that has not been getting a whole lot of attention until recently some of the telehealth restrictions that were eased for the PHE are set to end as soon as it ends. HHS will once again be able to levy healthcare providers with penalties for HIPAA violations. Right now, as long as those telehealth care providers are acting in good faith, Those penalties are being waived. The eased regulations also allow providers to use popular accessible services for telehealth calls, like FaceTime and Skype. Both of those exceptions end with the end of the COVID-19 public health emergency. And then arguably the most serious, for the duration of the PHE, telemedicine was able to be utilized for issuing controlled substance prescriptions without an in-person evaluation with the patient, as long as they met certain conditions. Those prescriptions include drugs like Xanax, Adderall, and hormone therapies, just to name a few. When the public health emergency ends, those telehealth patients will need to see a doctor in person to continue receiving that prescription. And if you've been following along with the news of pandemic-related shortages, You might recognize the name Adderall as it's the drug often prescribed to treat ADHD. During the pandemic, the rise of ADHD diagnoses and subsequent rise in Adderall prescriptions by telehealth companies came under scrutiny. There's now an investigation into a potential violation of the Controlled Substances Act. Unless new legislation comes forth, when the public health emergency ends, so will the remote prescriptions for Adderall, Xanax, and other controlled substances. We will keep an eye on news around the public health emergency and report back with new findings and legislation, especially around this particular area. Number three, on Thursday this week, the United States reached its debt limit of $31.4 trillion. That has sparked questions over a potential debt standoff now that Republicans hold a small majority in the House. It has happened before with former President Clinton and then Speaker Newt Gingrich in 1995 and 1996, and then again with former President Obama and former Speaker Boehner in 2011 and 2012. Spending cuts could be on the way, but until then, the Treasury can usually find a way to handle interest payments by creatively moving money around. Experts have suggested that those maneuvers, they call them, quote, extraordinary measures, end quote, could last until June. The debt ceiling, whether it's increased or suspended, is often handled alongside government funding. Congress typically addresses both simultaneously, and those allocations don't run out until the end of September. So there's some time for negotiations and proposals between now and June, possibly even September. Any of those that affect our industry, we will be watching out for and reporting back on here. If you're curious about the history of our country's debt limit, there is a pretty cool timeline on bipartisanpolicy.org, so we will be linking to that in our notes. Number four, we are still in the midst of an avian flu outbreak nationwide. Just in case you've been noticing that the price of eggs is getting absolutely ridiculous. And of course, that is if you can find eggs, because in some areas, there are now egg shortages in addition to exorbitant prices when you find them. Recent numbers show that in the past year, egg prices have increased by 120%. And just for fun, I had to go back through my receipts for an example. On December 4th, 2021, I bought an 18-count carton of large white eggs for $1.71. That same carton, same brand, same size, can be purchased today for $6.86. That is actually a 301% increase when you do the math. And you might be wondering, Sarah, where are you going with this? Well. When you've got a fixed budget for your food each month, eggs are not the affordable protein option that they once were. You might also be wondering what can take their place in recipes. I was wondering the same thing and found a couple of interesting articles on that topic. Now, can you always substitute eggs and get the same result? Not always. But you might be surprised, like I was. For instance, I didn't think it was possible to make an eggless meringue, but it is. With the rise of vegan culture, there's a lot of information available about egg substitutes for baking and affordable protein alternatives as well. As far as substitutions, applesauce is probably the first and most popular I had heard about before, but you can use yogurt. Ground up flaxseed, even chickpea brine. And those same chickpeas are actually a great protein source. They've got more protein than a serving of eggs, and they are extremely versatile, as my family found out during the pandemic. Because if it could chickpea, I think I chickpeed it during the pandemic. They're easily seasoned, they can be used as a protein replacement in many meals but I love using them instead of the chicken in butter chicken, and I also love chickpea tacos as well. But other alternatives, cottage cheese, lentils, and quinoa are some other protein alternatives. We will be linking to a few articles in the notes so you can share with your clients in your newsletters and on social media. Number five, On Wednesday this week, Apple announced the return of the full-size HomePod smart speaker. Naturally, it is made to function best when paired with other Apple technologies. The intro video shows the speaker being used for a number of tasks, to turn on lights, check the thermostat, hand off music playback from an iPhone to the speaker, and of course, simply just play music. Also in the video that we'll be linking to, the full-sized HomePod can sense and adjust playback depending on the size and setup in a room. Two speakers can be paired together for stereo sound, and the second-generation device supports spatial audio via Dolby Atmos. So if you're like me and listen to a lot of podcasts that utilize immersive sound, well, that perked my ears up. And bonus, like many other smart devices, you can listen to our podcast simply by asking Siri to play it for you. The full-sized HomePod is $299 and comes in the pretty standard color options of midnight and white. Pre-orders for the HomePod are live on the Apple site and are expected to ship beginning February 3rd. Rupel recommends. Streaming picks for January 2023, and yes, this list is long overdue, but there are a few that I want to make sure I mention before we head into February's list. On Netflix, The Pale Blue Eye is already out. Christian Bale plays a detective investigating a murder at West Point. He's having a tough time with the case until he meets a cadet by the name of Edgar Allan Poe, played by Harry Melling. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, he is the actor who played Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter films. On HBO Max, The Last of Us, the long-awaited adaptation of the video game of the same name. Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal have been making the rounds promoting the show, so if you haven't yet watched it, it's still pretty early on. There's one episode out so far. Easy to catch up on before there are too many spoilers out there. Yesterday on Netflix marked the premiere of that 90s show, which brings back Red and Kitty Foreman, Eric's parents from the original. He and Donna married and had a child named Leia, and the premise of the show is that she's staying with her grandparents for the summer. So naturally, we will get to see how the Foreman's house, and specifically the basement where the original cast spent so much time, has evolved from the original 70s set. Also debuting yesterday on Netflix, one that I have added to my watch list, The Pez Outlaw, which is a documentary of a man from Michigan named Steve Glue who traveled to Europe to smuggle rare Pez dispensers. I am always up for a good documentary, and this one has gotten great reviews and won a couple of awards, plus visually it looks amazing. That honestly might be the movie for movie night tonight, complete with popcorn and, of course, some packs of Pez. And then last but not least, on January 23rd, Minions The Rise of Gru is coming to Netflix. That's the one that, when released this summer, saw the viral trend of teenage moviegoers wearing suits to watch the film and then causing some disturbances when the movie started playing. So if you sat it out because of those reports, it is out Monday, January 23rd. That will likely be next week's movie pick for us. Those are all of my recommendations for this month. We will have the full list linked in the episode notes as always, so please check that out. But that is it for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rappel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru Artwork by Vivian Zhao.